0: Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show.
1: Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Hey, this podcast brought to you by our wonderful new sponsor in 2023, Jewel. Financial, jewel financial. Some people say Joule. I think it's kind of humorous (laughs) when somebody's like, you know, yeah, I told them about Joule Financial, and I'm like, seriously, Joule Financial, (laughs) really?
2: It must be Italian.
1: Jewel, as in the powerful difference. See what I did there? You're powerful difference. If you're listening to this podcast ever, and you're like, you know what, I need to talk to an advisor. Guess what? We can talk to you. Not certain we could work with you, but we can at least talk to you. You can reach out directly on our website. Set up a Zoom wherever you are. We can have a time to chat, get to know you a little bit better. And if we can help, we'll tell you. And if we can't, we'll tell you. It's a real simple. Visit us on the web, jewelfinancial.com. That's jewelfinancial.com. All right. We got a good question today. I already forgot his name. No, I didn't. I did not forget his name. That's ridiculous. I I, I had mine slipped there. Just slipping, slipping a little bit. Now, you know what I just thought of too? Is because we have a new sponsor, Jewel Financial, (laughs) um, we can't forget to just do some banter. I know. I was going to ask you a
0: a question about it's the new year. What is your goal process? You're on this.
1: You know, I listened to your radio show with Daniel. You were talking goals. Uh, at lunch, you were talking goals when we had our yep. corporate. What's going on with you? I just It's like goals this it's year. Go- it's like yeah, but have you – okay, sure. so I, I'm going to ask you. Have you figured out your hobby yet? No, I, no I, know, I know. Is what's I, your well, hobby?
0: I am uh, – I'll, I'll play volleyball once a week. That's going to be one thing that I'll definitely do. But I, gotta, I, gotta, I need to get into a really good workout routine. Okay. Is, so I need to do at least like three mornings a week. Uh, get into a, a workout routine. I'm going to lay it out and lay out kind of what my full
1: exercise routine will be. I like that. Let's say you train your biceps, blood is rushing into your muscles, and that's what we call the pump. It feels fantastic. Okay, so we're going to check on your workout routine and your and your uh, that that will be your quote hobby, right? That's where you're going to exactly kind of thrust yep. some energy. I like it. Um, for me. So I I just had an injury. I'm very, very frustrated about this. I mean, this is like as real time as you can get. Like literally last weekend, I did a just a, a little 5K with my son, and I wanted to try to get a race and – Honestly, I went out to try to crush it, which, I mean, I was... You ran like a
0: six-minute first mile. Yeah,
1: 650, um, which I was really happy with. And then I started having some hamstring problems. And since I was, like, right up front, I didn't want to... I should have immediately stopped and walked. Mm -hmm. Like, I should have just... The minute I felt it, I should have stopped, pulled off to the side, and just walked. And I didn't. Pride. Pride got in the way. So I pushed through the second mile and felt it even more, and then... Yeah. Done. So now I'm off. Now I don't know what I'm gonna do. I mean, I'm gonna continue to run. I still have my goals for twenty twenty three, but I'm laid up for a while, which is mm. not fun. Not good on the psyche either. Um other than that, you know, I have I have a lot of uh, you know, you know my five Fs financial fitness, family, friends, faith. So I, I have all of those kind of compartmentalized and I'm I don't know, I'm ready to have a great year. Okay. I really am. I'm ready to have a great year. So, but publicly, the running the running goal is probably the most, you know, public goal that I have, and I'll just have to recover and get after it. Okay. Stinks. We'll get old. updates.
0: We'll f- we'll see. Oh you yeah,
1: absolutely. We've been hobbling around the office. Yeah, it's not fun. All right, let's go to Matthew. Who's got a question? Matthew, what do you got?
2: DIY. Hey DIY money. My name is Matthew, and I have a question about the opportunity cost of surrendering a variable annuity. Earlier this year, I rolled a portion of my retirement savings from a few inactive 401ks of past jobs into a handful of variable annuities. These annuities do not have any premiums, and the money in them is allocated into a large-cap mutual fund with an expense ratio of 0.5%. Aside from that, I max out my own IRA and HSA, and any additional income is invested in a taxable brokerage account. If surrendered today, the total cost in surrender charges would be around $5,000. There is also an annual charge of at least 1.5% for accumulated value for the life of each policy. If this is correct, I'm looking at an annualized gross expense ratio of about 2%. What is your advice here? Should I eat the cost of surrendering now or pay the annual charges until the surrender period is over?
1: Okay, Matthew. Um... I find it fascinating. This is the first time we've ever had a a question, to my knowledge, about an annuity. Yeah, Um, but we get them
0: all the time in our business. In
1: our line of work, we get annuity questions all the time. Uh, My running joke is that we run an annuity triage center.
2: Good work, doctors. Thank you, doctor.
1: to try and help folks who have been sold annuities, because that's normally what happens. Very few people go out to buy an annuity. They're often sold an annuity. And they come to us to try to figure out how to get out of those annuities. And sometimes there's they're just stuck. I mean, the math is too extreme to get out of them. Um, and so I brought the question up because I want to try to caution some people about them. Now, inevitably, with 10,000 listeners every episode. Somebody's going to be listening to this. It's in the business and they're going to be going, "Quint, you don't know what you're talking about." Newsflash, 20 years ago, I had the variable life health annuity license along with my Series 7 and I sold them. And I sold them for a firm who pushed them aggressively. And it was one of the catalysts that led to me going, "I don't want to do this. I can't in good conscience do this. I don't think these should be bought. I don't therefore I don't think I should sell them." I understand why they're sold. They paid 7 to 10% in commission. And when you sold them, you won these awesome trips. But ultimately, if I was going to be in the business for the long haul, I had to feel good about what I was doing. So I gave up those licensures. I immediately said, I'm not going to do this. And I gave up all the, the licensures that I had to sell those those products. So I knew the business. Um, it's not changed much, although there's a lot new of new bells and whistles that have been added. My guess, Matthew... Is that you bought this because uh, maybe there was a variation to the product that gave you some warm and fuzzies? So, for example, standard vari- standard um, you know nuances to a product like this is a uh, standard death benefit. So you put a hundred grand in, uh, and you know the market drops to seventy thousand dollars, and you open your statement. You have a heart attack. You drop dead. Your spouse or your beneficiary is going to get a hundred grand. So there's a locked-in death benefit. That's an insurance kind of component. That's why these are sold by insurance companies first and foremost. Uh, you probably had what's called an annual step-up death benefit, which means let's say you put it in hundred thousand, and in a year the market goes up, you know, twenty percent. Let's just, for all intents and purposes, say you get the whole twenty percent, which you wouldn't, but. Uh, you get a one hundred twenty thousand. Then the market drops and drops down to eighty thousand. You open your statement. You drop dead. Well, as long as it had that one hundred twenty on the first anniversary uh, year, your spouse or your your indiv- you know your beneficiary gets one hundred twenty. So those are some standard uh, you know kind of nuances to the to the annuity world um, that allows you to to kind of feel warm and fuzzy. Uh, There's also nuances uh, called things like guaranteed minimum income benefits, and people tend to get blindsided by a rate of return. They they are sold a guaranteed rate of return, and what they don't realize is that that guaranteed rate of return is actually – Based on um, annuitizing the annuity, I know I've lost half of our audience, but uh, basically what I'm what I'm here to tell you is there's all sorts of variations of these products that make them sound and and kind of feel wonderful until someone owns it, and then more often than not they spend a few years with it and then they go, why did I do this? Uh, this doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand. Or Heaven forbid, and we see this one a lot, is that someone was sold this guaranteed minimum income amount, um, let's call it 7%, five years goes by. Um, and they, they continue to look at their statement, and it's going up 7% every year. Unfortunately, they're not looking at the small print that says guaranteed minimum income benefit. And they call up their agent, and they say, hey, I'd like to take the check for 150000 or whatever it is. And he goes, well, I, I, don't, I can't send you the check for $150,000. they are like, what are you talking about? That's, that's what I'm looking at. And they go, no, no, that's, a, that's the income side, which means we have to turn that on and start paying you income over the rest of your life. And you go, well, I don't want that. I want the amount that it says right there. No, no. You see to the right, you see that other amount that says surrender value. That's the amount we would send you. And so you go, what? Wait a second. That's not what I thought. And And then there's a he said, she said. And they pull out the 80 page document that you signed. And of course you read every word of it, right? No, but. They pull that out and they say, Yeah, see, it says right here, here, and here. Uh, and you signed it, you told us you understood that, and so on and so forth. And that's usually when they come to our office. So, Matthew, getting back to your question, I guess the first question is not here to pour salt, but why, in the very first place, and I, you can't answer me because this is a one way podcast, but my curiosity is why did you buy this? Um, Because if that hasn't changed, and the annuity is the same thing, um, and the rationale behind why you bought it rings true, then you shouldn't worry about surrendering it. So, I mean, again, unless you were kind of you know, you didn't understand all the nuances, you didn't understand the expenses, you didn't understand these things, which again, we see all the time. But let's say you were more concerned about markets, you were more concerned about death benefit, you were more concerned about guaranteed minimum income, etc. You know, if those things haven't changed, and all the the policy values and what you expected is still ringing true, then, you know, maybe not surrendering the policy is the best option. Okay, let's say you've said, no, that's not what I want to do. I want to get out of it. Well, then you have to run the numbers. You have to run the math. And my guess is you mentioned two expenses. You mentioned the fund charge and you mentioned the annual um, step-up expense. There's probably, if you dig deep, a mortality uh, expense ratio as well. Um, and ultimately, that's why a lot of these annuity policies are over three percent a year. I've seen them as high as four and five percent when you wrap all the expenses in. Um, but there's usually the mortality uh, expense ratio as well, which basically is the payout ratio in the event you know something happens to you. So. Uh, maybe you've already factored that in, and that's part of it. I would just run the math. I would run the math that says, you know, okay, if I surrender this thing, um, you know, I'm I'm gonna take the hit. It's five thousand dollars, as you mentioned. So I'm guessing maybe it's around a hundred grand you put in. You're a year into it. Maybe it's a little bit more. Um, and you 're going to say okay i, I want to get out of this i 'm going to you know invest in this, something else it has no expenses, and i 'm going to make that up in you know percentage wise just based on the fees in two or three years, so you can run that math and you can determine you know yeah now 's a good time or I should wait, et cetera um, What you want to be careful of i i don 't think you 'll do this is there are, believe it or not are salesmen out there that say Oh, I'll. You can roll this over to another annuity, and I'll give you a bonus to do it. <laughs> and that's kind of like rolling negative equity in a car into a new car. Like that's just terrible. You never want to do that. Okay, so you're here to invest in a timeshare property. So exciting! So exciting! So hopefully you're not going to do that. But just run the math, run the numbers, and uh, and then make sure you understand. You know, again, all the nuances that you are giving up. So, for example, if it's down and you take a $5000 hit and it has a death benefit that's that's very very you know high quite a bit difference you may wanna hold it a few more years until that surrender policy goes down and or the market recovers to give you a little bit more leeway but you should be able to just run the numbers and figure out the calculation of the best time to do it
0: yeah i mean i don't i don't have a ton to add to your answer, I think that's that's a great way to answer it. I just think, thinking back to the last episode that we uh, did and talking about the S&P 500 and investing in that and letting that grow over time, get to your retirement, and then how complicated an annuity is and how complicated this whole process is to start it and all the different uh, bells and whistles that are attached to an annuity where you could just buy something, let it sit, let it grow over time. And it sounds like, Matthew, you're doing that in your other accounts. You're doing that in your HSA and your IRA contributions and things like that. But I think you just got to be really careful about these things because they are harmful and they are really high fees and have some hidden things in there that can be uh, detrimental.
1: Well, they're dangerous. I mean, and again, I I don't want to knock. I have some people who have annuities. This is rare, but they have annuities. They wanted them for the payment stream. Yeah. You know, a, annuity used to be, um, An adverb. Now it's a noun. Now it's become a product. But it was an adverb. It was a stream of income you couldn't outlive. So like a pension. And I have we have some people who have opted for that. Mm -hmm. You know, they've used sort of they've they've waited out. They don't have beneficiaries you know, they're going to use the whole they want to just spend as much money as they can, you know, that sort of thing. And if they die, they die. It is what it is. And they opted for an annuity, no problem in that situation. But it's rare that we see that, very rare. So if ever you know you're out there and you're you're getting sort of uh, encouraged to buy or or invest in an annuity, please make sure you do your homework. That's the biggest takeaway from this: is make sure you do your homework. Okay, good. good. I think you can wrap it up. Let's do that then. Let's wrap it up. Uh, remember, friends, the secret to wealth is very simple live on less than you make, invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card.